Jay Green and this is the Barrels and Business Podcast. It's my job here to bring you tangible tips and turning off my iPad that I had uh, set up for Ken, uh, bring you tangible tips on how to grow your business, how to scale and how to be a better entrepreneur, but also have a bit of a laugh and a chat about all things surf and lifestyle. So after my catastrophe of a start there, Ken, welcome to the show, Ken Ozake. From Japan, he is our film man. He is surfing in urban surf in Melbourne. Not sure what he was doing down under. And his previous surf before that was on a cruise ship in a wave pool. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I, I loosely identify as a surfer, meaning I attempt to surf. And then, you know, like every time I see it, I'm like, I gotta do this, I go, you know, rent the rent all the gear, get out there. Uh, Jade, I, did I lose you? <laughs> oh, I hope not. There you are. Yeah, you're you're down there now. <laughs> I'm down there now. Yeah. What happened? This is this is being this is going to be great, isn't yeah. it? This, this is um, great. I think we're still live though, so you know we we can we, we can roll. We are still live. Re-record us for the actual podcast though because I'm not quite sure what's going on. <laughs> you, you, you're telling us, Ken, Facebook? Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. I see something talking? that says EOS Web. Oh, there we are. There you're, you're back. I'm back. Uh, yeah. I am back. <laughs> and, 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 what happened and then with Ecamm shot itself? Oh no. <laughs> this is, isn't this epic? Because we've got the li- we're live with the video guy. This is yeah. epic. Live with the video guy. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> there we are. Are we back? Now we're back. I can see and hear you. <laughs> and you're moving. This is absolutely epic. I love this. Jade, you um, know what I love this about is this? This something you're going to coach me you know yes. what I love about this is that is that you're not freaking out. It's it's you know it's like business. Like you go in with the best laid out plans, and you take step one, you're doing well, and step two, you fucking trip, and then it's what you do on step three or step one point five that's going to determine how your year is going to go. Right? It's got nothing to do with with sticking to a strict plan. It's got to do with making a plan and then iterating every freaking day. Kind of like surfing too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and look, there's a lot like surfing. And the thing is, they say the the highest performers, it's not about their ability just to um, get over things. Well, it is about their ability to get over things. It's the how quickly they can bounce back from a fuck up and from a fail and just roll rather than catastrophizing and wallowing in it and getting getting down low. So yeah. I, what I love about it though is you're on here to teach us how to be epic at video <laughs> and absolutely everything that could go wrong for me has gone wrong. After we just talked about how amazing my setup was and I'd implemented your tips and then <laughs> catastrophe. So um, I'm going to ask you for the sake of the actual podcasting recording to, I'm just going to make sure that I've got the right mic. Yes, we've got the yeah, right mic. Yeah, I can mic. hear you the, and it sounds good. We've got good. the right camera. 
And I'm looking okay. for the live feed now. on your Facebook profile though. And cause I want to share, but it's not coming up here for some reason. That's even better. So, okay, let's- uh, I'll keep the window open for when it pops up. No, we're definitely live. It's there. So okay. on my personal profile, you should have been tagged. Okay, so it's facebook.com slash Jade A Green AU. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right, well, it should pop up Wait, soon. Wait, hold then. on. You know what it might've done? Let me... I had a problem with this the other day. Oh no, we're good. I know what was happening. My Epic team was in the back end. Have a look now. My team was in the back end adding a bio for you. Okay. Okay, let's continue. Let's continue. Okay, let's start the recording for the podcast again. Can you give us your clap for the recording? Here we go. And we're good to go. We are good to go. So. As I mentioned before, second time lucky for the podcast intro with Ken Ozaki from Tokyo, Japan. I'm Jay Green, your host of Barrels and Business. And the Barrels and Business show is all about bringing you tangible tips on how you can grow and scale your empire and your business. And we love to talk about all things surfing and lifestyle, because for me, you're not successful if you don't live in discipline. And what is discipline? Having a super strong plan having the discipline to see the plan through, otherwise it's just a piece of paper with a load of shit on it, and being able to live your bliss where you're happy in the now while you're working towards your ultimate future, but you're not waiting for happiness when you get there. So that's what Barrels and Business is all about. Ken is the man for video, <laughs> and he's just had me doing the epic fails on video. But right now, Ken, let's get back to you telling us about your surf at Urban Surf. Yes. So the last time I went surfing was at Urban Surf in Melbourne. The time before that was at one of these uh, artificial wave places, uh, like what you see on a cruise ship. Uh, I think, but every summer I give it a good attempt. You know, my friends are all surfing. So I bring my family to the beach. I rent the wetsuit. I get out there and it's, it's pure pressure. But, you know, if, if all my friends are out there surfing and I'm the only one not doing, like that's never going to happen. I'm going to give it an attempt. Uh, you know, I think, I think uh, I'll give it a good like two or three hours, you know, like wow. catch That's one or two waves I'm happy with, with the biggest board I can find. And then, uh, and then I'll, uh, I'll sit and enjoy, I love swimming, love swimming, but I'll do about two or three hours of, of, uh, of surfing. Yeah. At least once I a love year. That. Actually, yeah. when we were, when we were talking prior to um, doing the show, you're like, I do a lot of like when I'm surfing, I actually just do a lot of sitting, not a lot of surfing. Well, any surfer will tell you a lot of the time you do more sitting than standing uh, yeah. waiting. And if you're, if you live where I live and you're in with a pack, unless you hustle like a mofo, you got to wait in line. So I, I feel surfing is far more than just the going along the wave. It's the connection mm. to the ocean and the, the being and the experience. And I think that that can translate to business a lot too. Sometimes yeah, we absolutely. think that business is only like when we're winning, like we're only successful entrepreneurs or business owner when we're winning rather than when we're, we're doing the thing that leads up to it. That's true. You can kind of think of like, you know, when you're cruise, you know, when you caught that wave, that's when you you've just made that big sale or you had that huge event, but all everything that leads up to that is, you know, like you have to, well, how many years of speaking experience, right? How much networking did you have to do? How much did you have to develop your skill and, and your craft 
to get to that stage. And with surfing, it's like, how many years have you practiced surfing? How much money did you spend on gear? How much did you have to, you know, practice and practice, endure the cold or the hot or, you know, all of that to catch that wave, right? But it's all worth it because there's that wave. That makes everything worth it. It's actually, I've been speaking about that a lot. At the moment, I'm in the middle of doing the 30-day coaching challenge um, with the guys from OmbiSurf. They picked two regulars that, you know, may have been classed as intermediate. Like other people who don't surf would go, you could surf. People who surf are like, oh, fucking kooks. And they wanted to use us as case studies to mm-hmm. get better. And it really is the reps we're doing on the land, literally in the, in the skate bowl and the stuff watching the TV. And uh, I've got my BOSU here. And one of my last podcasts, you see me go ass up on the BOSU. Um, it's, it's all of that to learn the correct technique and to put in the reps before you get on the wave. The, the, the learning, I used to sit out there a lot and sit the majority of time and stand very little of the time because I didn't know how to catch the wave properly. I was always in the wrong spot. I allowed guys to hustle me, like, cause they'd, you know, paddle, paddle around me. I'd paddle too much. I didn't know where the bus stop was to just get picked up by the bus coming by. Mm-hmm. And now just from doing the one session on the land, the, the difference and the amount of waves I get is ridiculous. So I think there's so much, so much analogy we can take from any mm. sport really, but from that, from surfing and the, and the reps that we can do on the land and out of the game before we get in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, absolutely. For sure. So, so you're our video man. Yeah. That's video most video. people call me the video marketing guy. Cause that's video mostly what I do. Yeah. Okay. Let's what the fuck is video marketing? Cause a lot of people yeah. have different ideas. Like, you know, you've got like the, the Hollywood lights and the producer running around with you and the, the boom operator. That's like making sick video marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me, I'm just going to share uh, a top view of uh, my desk here. Okay. And a lot of people ask me, what is video marketing? And it gets really simple if I just draw this out. Now, if you're listening to this on a podcast, if you just have the audio, just think of a, of a big uh, cross, right? And on the left side, we've got $1 mark, like for cheap goods. Then you've got expensive goods, right? Or high price stuff. And on the top here, you've got uh, familiar, things that are immediately recognizable. And then you've got unfamiliar. Now, if you look at almost every business, it can fall into one of these four quadrants. And this is, this is also how you want to look at your video marketing. So let's give some examples. Uh, on the bottom left where it's low price and unfamiliar, you know, I think I got these the wrong way around, Jade. Thank God you're really I'm casual up about on this. You. Yeah, yeah, you are, you are. So <laughs> we've got up here unfamiliar and we've got familiar. <laughs> there we go. See, yeah, see how we fix that? Yeah. I'm just flowing with you here, just rolling on the wave. So <laughs> down here, we've got familiar things that are super cheap. Now, Jade, what's a, what's a discount shop in Australia that everybody knows? Oh. Um, I'm like the Walmart of Australia. We have these things. They used to be called the $2 shop or the reject okay. shop. There's actually a shop called the reject shop. And you go shopping at the reject shop. Reject shop. Okay. So we've got the $2 store. We've got oh. the reject shop. In the U.S., everybody's heard of Walmart, right? Yeah. 
and they're famous for being cheap. Now, what's going on here is when people come in to buy something at uh, the $2 store, the reject shop, or Walmart, then everything's very familiar. You don't need anyone to explain to you that, you know, this is a pair of jeans or this is a, you know, a plastic toy. There's no sales staff. You walk in there, you look on the shelf, you know what it is. And because you don't need any explanation and it's familiar uh, and it's a low cost, it's easy to sell this stuff, right? So this is kind of the anything zone, right? Now, moving up here, we've got things that are unfamiliar and cost a little bit of money. Now we have, right now I sell a course, it's $37. And with 90 seconds of education, that means a 90 second video ad, I could sell a $37 course with no human interaction. So it's a small amount of money and it's unfamiliar, but it's a $37 course. People are willing to part with a little bit of money if, even if it's unfamiliar with a little bit of education. Now, I've seen these ads all the time. You've probably seen them too. These, you know, you got these like $90 iPhone cases maybe you know, these, you see these guys, they put their, their phone inside of a case, they throw it off a bridge and they pick it up and say, look, it's not broken. Right. And then people go buy that. That's a, that's education. You're educating people. You're demonstrating what is special about it. Therefore, oops, that's the wrong one. Therefore, uh, people are willing to spend a little bit of money, you know, less than a hundred dollars. So we've got cheap and unfamiliar. We've got cheap and familiar. Now, if we go down here, where well, we want to charge a high price, right? Cause that's where everybody wants to go, right? You want to move from here all the way over here. I mean, everybody wants to go on this side, right? And if it's really familiar and let's, I mean, Jade, you, you've, you've gone to some events and stuff, right? A few. Have you heard of this dude that's really tall he's got big teeth and he's American. <laughs> he claps like a, you know, yeah. So if, if you're that guy, if you're TR, you're a familiar face in the market, you could charge a high price. And that, this is a brand move. Right. If you have the brand, like for example, Chanel, you know, if, if they put out a new handbag, people will buy it. If, if you're Apple and you put out a new iPhone, all they have to say is iPhone 13. Everybody's going to line up to buy it because it's a really familiar brand and you can charge a lot because it's a brand move. Now what's up here? Unfamiliar high price. This is the professional zone. This is professionals. That means professional services. So if you want to charge a higher price and get premium services or sell premium services, and maybe you're a coach, right? Maybe you're a consultant. Maybe you are a doctor, lawyer, accountant. What's that? A recruiter. Recruiter, definitely recruiter. And what happens here is if it's unfamiliar, and you want to charge premium prices, you got to educate people a lot around this zone. So we've got these four different zones and I just, I just want to find out. And if you're watching the video, follow along, but on the bottom left, I'm putting an A top left. So this is uh, the $2 store reject shop, Walmart, putting an A there. Okay. And I'm putting a B where things are unfamiliar and low cost, like uh, $37 courses, $90 iPhone cases, and uh, things that are high priced and familiar, like Tony Robbins, Chanel, iPhone. I'm putting a D here and then a C for professionals, coaches, consultants, recruiters, doctors, lawyers, accountants. Now, Jade, if you were to guess, and I don't know if anyone's uh, participating right now, but if you were to guess, 
the people who watch your show, where do you think they would be? Or where would you be in this? I'm definitely a C. Right? That's what I thought. So, and probably a lot of your audience is or wants to be there, right? Yeah. Like, I now, think over there can even be some of our uh, other services, like hairdressers, plumbers, hydraulics. Mm -hmm. Like, we've got uh, clients that are hydraulics training organizations, any training businesses. Training, that's right. Let's put training there. Now, how does this relate to video marketing? And the, the thing is that video marketing is, is a really broad spectrum. And if you make video and it's going to help you with marketing, technically that's video marketing. But an easy way to remember, and I'm kind of trying to uncomplicate things for everybody, is if you take just these four cards, right? This is really easy to remember. If you are in this zone, if you're trying to compete for price, right, then you want to be a jack. That's a jack of all trades. You sell everything you're good at. You, you sell a little bit of everything or anything, but you're not the best at anything. So your, your message on video needs to be cheap prices, reasonable quality, or cheapest prices, reasonable quality. And that's your message on video. You, you should have, or it doesn't even have to be a video. But that's the message that's going to attract people if you are in the A type of business. Now, if you're moving up into the B type where it's unfamiliar and, uh, and uh, cheap, then this is actually an ace, kind of like an ace in the hole, you know, like when it's this one, one step move. And what that means is that you can make one video, that's a 90 second bit of education and sell a $37 course and a $90 iPhone case, you don't need a fancy funnel, you don't need anything more than one step, they see one video, and they'll make one purchase. It's really simple. The profits are not going to be incredibly high, because it's a very competitive space. It's competitive because everybody's in here. But with 90 seconds of education, you can sell stuff and turn a profit. Not a huge profit, but a profit. Now, or down here, funnel, yeah? you can be what? Or that could be used as part of your lead funnel. A absolutely, it can. Now, now you're talking really advanced stuff, <laughs> but we'll get there. <laughs> All good. Uh, now, down here, Tony Robbins, Chanel, iPhone, high price, familiar. Again, this is also an ace because they've done so much work to build their brand that all they have to say is, hey, I'm coming to town. 5,000 people show up. All they have to do is say, hey, this is the 2021 lineup. Boom, sold out. Hey, this is the iPhone 13 or 18 or 21. Everybody's going to line up and buy it. Again, they just have to make an announcement. People show up because they've done the work. They put in the time. Up here, though, this is where a lot of my audience is too. And people like you, Jade, people like your uh, your audience, professionals, coaches, consultants, doctors, lawyers, accountants, if you want to charge a high price, and when I say high price, it means, you know, anywhere between 1000 to let's say, you know, $10,000 a day for your time. And your product or service is a little bit complicated, and therefore needs a lot of explanation, then content is kink. Every piece of content you put on video, it has to educate the audience. And if you don't educate people, in a way that's gonna bring them closer to wanting to buy your services, then you're gonna have a really, really hard time with video marketing. So you gotta think, where are you right now? You know, And then depending on where you are, you need to know the message to put on video, whether it's, hey, I'm in town, or here's how this thing works, 90 seconds, buy now, or cheap price, jump on it, or uh, this is how what we do works. And this is how it's gonna improve your life. 
not this, by now. Would you say with, with saying content is king, is this about um, building no like and trust over time? That's right. No like and trust is important, but I'd like to take it one step further. No like trust and when I say content is king, the way I define this is you've got to release the, the person watching, if they're not releasing dopamine into their bloodstream, if you don't give them an aha moment, like, like they just had an opening, then they'll know, like, and trust you, but they won't be interested. They won't get addicted, right? It's no like trust plus an aha. That is the thing that's going to get people coming back for more. Aha. It's that hit, you know? <laughs> If you like don't give them the aha moments, they'll be, you'll be like the friendly cousin who it's nice to hang out with, but you, you know, it, it gets kind of familiar and it, it could fade off. Right. But you want to be the, the, the person that they, they actually wait for, they crave for you to go live or for you put out your next episode because your stuff's so good. I love it. If I, uh, if I had this um, stream yard going, or what is it? Stream lads that you gave before, I would have drawn a little light bulb above my head. <laughs> uh -huh. like we're I'm always teaching to lead with value and i always want my content to lead with value i intersplice it with a bit of hey this is just me doing my thing mm -hmm. um but i think if you take it that next step it's like the aha moment or the ah uh, the the pause or that's that's the key you're looking for how like if if you're consultant coach any one of the other services we talked about how much of your content needs to be aha moments. Like how, what's the ratio in terms of, this is me doing my thing? Like, is it a personal brand? Are we only talking about our um, business brand? What are we talking here? So, you know, you know, I know this is kind of supposed to be an interview, right? Um, <laughs> I, I can answer that question directly, but it'll be boring. But if I explain it in a way where I actually teach you something, can I actually teach like a like a twenty minute piece here? Is that cool? Look, because I know it's supposed, to, it's supposed to be an interview, but it's also supposed to be whatever gives value to the people. So if you're willing to teach us something for free, I'm gonna just graciously take it. Just give it to us. Yeah. No, this is the stuff I actually give to. Uh, you know, when I was traveling, you know, people would pay me like forty one thousand dollars per day to go out there and, and shoot their videos. And they weren't paying for someone to hold a camera and hit record because you could get that for $500 a day, right? Yeah. They're paying for someone to help get, give them a strategy around making a video that's going to put 10,000 people in a room next month. That's what they're paying for. Now, what a videographer can do is bring lights, a video camera, mic, and then hit record, stand there and say, okay, you know, are you done? Okay. Right. That's what a regular video. Uh, what, People, most, most people don't understand is that content is a paint by numbers system. It, it's not having to, if you're constantly having to be creative, you will burn out. Okay. You will burn out. If you're, if you're the content creator and the performer and the editor and the curator and the researcher, you will burn out. Uh, have you watched that, that famous TV show Friends, you know, from way back? I've seen it once or twice. Yeah, once or twice. Do you know how many writers they had on that? I mean, it, it's it's known as the most successful like TV show, you know, series in, yeah. in the world. But they had something like 27 full-time screenwriters. 27. And they'd put out an episode a, a month, I believe, or or maybe a couple a month. But that's how much work it takes to put out high quality content for a long period of time. That's how many professional full-time writers. So you know, don't be hard on yourself if you get in front of a camera and you freeze up or you feel like 
damn, I don't know if I was cut out for this because you weren't cut out to do everything. But I found a way to make it really, really simple to take your big ideas and compress them and organize them into a social media friendly format. So uh, if you'd like, I can show you that right now. Yes, please. Okay. And if anyone's but before I jump into it, like, do you have a question? Like, do you have any questions you want me to cover? Uh, oh, well, I, I think the core thing is there's lots of people, they know they need to do video. Like I've, yeah. I do video, right? Everyone sees me do video, but I know I need to do better at it. I don't have a formula. It kind of freaks me out. But a lot of people and a lot of my clients are like, I don't have the personality. I'm not you. I like, I'm not made for video. I've got a head for radio or like, they're just, they're like, where do I even start? It just seems so overwhelming to get started. Like they know that that's the thing to do. The dirty reps are the thing to do. Get online, show up people by people, especially if it's coaching, consulting, training, any, even doctors, like people aren't buying the service. They're buying you. That's like, right. That's, what that's right. Like, that's what's going to get them across the line. So they know that, but it's like, ah, I don't have lights. I don't have cameras. I don't have everything. So if you can just like give us the where to get started version and like the simple way for someone could start tomorrow to start putting yeah. out video marketing. Okay. So I, this is usually what, this is actually a part of my paid course, but uh, I'm going to give this to your audience for free. And because, because yeah, because I like you. <laughs> And because you look really freaking cool, you got the beach like right outside your window. Like, how could you compete with that? Like, I've got LED lights, right? You've got a beach. I've got books. You've got a beach. In our coaching program, everyone's frothing over your red and blue LED lights. And I, I, I seriously had background envy. And then everyone else. Was you have a beach. Like, <laughs> you can't compete with that. That's it. Bring in the beach. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so basically, um, you know, I'll, I, I'm going to show you something, but when you see this, I'm going to warn you, uh, it's going to be like that moment in the matrix where Neo, remember when he could see the world for what it really was. And there was all these green, you know, you know, like everything was different, right? Uh -huh. He started seeing patterns. And in the same way, you're going to see that there's a lot of people who are my clients. They use the same format and a lot of people have copied it. And so you're going to see this pattern a lot because a lot of people use it and because it works it works really well so uh let me see if i could share my ipad screen it's called the hilda content system okay i just pulled up my slide deck from my uh oh. my internal content all right you ready for this I didn't, I, I didn't know that was yours i knew about it i've heard about oh, it. oh yeah that's mine <laughs> yeah <laughs> so here, here's the old way right the old way of making video is like you think of a topic to talk about write down a few bullet points you hit record on your camera start talking run out of stuff to talk about and then stop sound familiar <laughs> like ha, like how many times have, have we all done this right <laughs> like all the time <laughs> that looks that looks, that's pretty much me <laughs> in front of a camera <laughs> right so what if there's a better way and that better way is hilda so hilda is pretty much hook them in you got about three seconds Introduce yourself, four seconds for that. Lead their anticipation. I'll explain what that means in just a second. Deliver some dopamine into their bloodstream and then ask for the right thing. Now, I love systems and this is a five point system, but in each of these five points, there is a system within. Now, it looks like this. You wanna start by addressing a frustration. Here's one idea. For example, in your space, you mentioned uh, 
let's, let's say you're a surf instructor, Jade, which mm-hmm. you kind of are surfing business, right? You, and what's a frustration that a frustration might be, isn't it frustrating when, you know, you got, you know, you, you're, you're ready for your first surf lesson. You, you know, you squeeze into the wetsuit, you know, you paddle out there and you, every time you think the wave is coming and you start paddling, you realize it's just a swell. And then when the real wave does come, you miss it. Isn't that frustrating? Now for somebody who's just learning, they'll probably be like, yeah, I just experienced that the last time. And they're hooked. They want to know what is going on, right? What's, what's the right way to do it? Address the frustration, ask a question. Uh, something like, hey, when's the last time you caught the wave of your dreams? Now they go internal. Instead of judging you, they're thinking internal. So all of a sudden, it's a, it's a completely different narrative. Use numbers. You want to engage the left side and the right side of the brain. So if you say three tips or f- five strategies, things like that, all of a sudden, left brain is engaged. You're locked in. Both sides of the brain are aligned. You got them. Tease value. Just tell them what you're going to share. Hey, I'm going to show you three tips to catch the wave. Catch waves without, uh, how about this? Uh, Tease Valley. I'm going to to share with you the three best surf spots on the east coast of Australia that are not overcrowded with tourists. Like, whoa, you know, people are going to get into that, right? So these are some interesting or ideas for how to hook people at the beginning. And the mindset is this. You want to get in, get out, get them hooked. Like, this has to be fast because you have three seconds and that's how long people, that's how long it takes for people to decide if they're going to watch or not watch. That's it. Three seconds. Now, after you, you hook them in, you earn the right to introduce yourself. And there's a formula. First name plus business title. Hi, my name is Ken, CEO of Oz Media Global. Or first name plus who you help and how. Hi, my name is, name is Ken. I help business leaders to get leads and sales with video. Or known for? What are you, what's an accomplishment? Are you an author or something? I might say, hi, my name is Ken. Uh, people know me as a video marketing guy. Really simple, casual. What you don't want to do is stack these. You just want to pick one of those three things because the more you talk about yourself, the more likely they are to leave. It's, it's, it's the truth. I, I study the graphs on the engage. You know, have you, you know, on Facebook, you can see when people drop off, you know, like you see this this graph that's just kind of trends down. It's kind of depressing, right? But there's two things I look for. I know that it, it, they always trend down somehow, but I look for cliffs and I look for plateaus. Cliffs are when there's a mass exodus and everybody's leaving a video because you're boring. And then there's plateaus where what you're doing is magical and people are hanging out for a long time. And almost always when I identify a cliff, I look at what was what happened in that video that caused everybody to leave and most of the time is when people are talking about themselves. I shared the stage with so-and-so, you know, I helped impacted this many million lives. Uh, it, you know, have like you ever spoken stage? live on a big stage? You, you've, I've seen photos of you on a big stage, right? Yeah. Right. So I've done a lot of sp- stage speaking too. And here's the thing I realized when people are there talking about all their accomplishments, I think that the reason people aren't leaving because is because it's it's too much work. Like they got to stand up, pick up their books and their jacket, and then walk in front of everybody else all the way to the back of the room. And it's embarrassing, right? Yeah. It's too much effort. But I think that everybody actually wants to leave. But nowadays on your phone, people just have to move a, a, like one quarter of a centimeter and like, and they're gone. So yeah. I realized that human behavior is actually like, the more, the more you talk about yourself, the less people are interested in you. It's true. Yeah. So 
That's why this part has to be short. And the keywords so, here are just touch on that for a second, Ken, because I do see people think they they're not talking to themselves out of ego. They're talking to them talking about themselves out of um, justif justification, like they feel like they need to social proof or prove to the audience that they're mm. good enough to be listened to or they're worthy. How do you get someone over that fact? Just basically don't fucking do it because it's boring. <laughs> well, here's here's uh, here's how I see it. If you give them that aha moment, the dopamine hit, that's the reason they'll come back. And that's the reason they'll continue watching. Not because of what you claim you accomplished. Because let's say you, you actually did accomplish all those things and, and it's 100% true. Who cares? That was in the past, right? Unless it's something applicable to what you're about to say. If I, said, if I say something like, hey, my name is Ken, and uh, I hold the Guinness World Record for climbing Mount Everest and back. And today I'm going to show you three tips on climbing mountains. That's relevant. Of course, I never climbed Mount Everest, right? Like, if it's relevant to the content, go ahead, share that. If it's not relevant to what you're about to share, leave it. People, when they fall in love with you, they will research you. They'll dig up stuff. They'll find you. And it happens organically. If you push it, then uh, people push back. Yeah, and I think the, the evidence that you are worth listening to comes in the aha moment. Like, it just makes yeah. sense. Absolutely, it's true. Give them value. They, they don't really care where it came from as long as it works. Yeah, that's 100% true. All right, so we've hooked them in. We've introduced ourselves. Now, this is the, the part that's a bit more science than art is when we have to lead their anticipation. So here's a few ways we can do this. We can poke their fear, remind them that there's something that they're actually seriously concerned about, and they should be. Build importance. Just tell them what you're about to say is important. Create curiosity or tell a story that's relevant to what you're about to share. And the three keywords here are curiosity, context, concern. You got to make them curious about what's coming next. Give context about what's coming next or let them feel really concerned about something. And if you have time, I'll actually do a live demo with you. I'll build one out with you. And this is gonna oh, be fun. yeah. We'll okay. make time, Ken. We will make time for that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, the, the part, this is where we're just getting them all like, you know, we, we got the rubber band around the arm, you know, like, you know, getting ready to inject some dopamine. Okay. Right. So now they're all prepped. Now, this is where we actually deliver the dopamine. And the way we do this, and there's a couple of formats, uh, cause and effect. Now, I, I like to use the, the analogy of the weight loss industry because everybody's seen these ads, right? Everybody knows a friend or is somebody who's struggled with weight at some point. So some examples could be, you know what? The reason why you're struggling to take off those last five kilograms uh, is because you're not getting enough sleep. You know, you're doing all the right things, but you're not getting enough sleep and that's what you have to fit. Cause, effect, not enough sleep, too much weight. And that's one way you could frame it. Here's something else, common misconception. Most people think that as long as you burn more calories than you take in, then you'll automatically lose weight. That is a major misconception. And what I want to tell you is blank. Tell them the truth, right? Transfer of blame or guilt. Jay, do you know someone named Robert Kiyosaki? Ever hear of him? I heard of him, yes. Yeah. And he's, he's probably one of the most famous uh, like business authors around. And uh, he wrote a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He built his entire industry and career around transferring blame from someone's shoulders and placing it onto a third party. 
He said, you know what? If you're poor, if you suck at money, it's not your fault. It's the government's fault. They created an education system to keep you poor. And it worked. People were like, I like you, Robert. Now I'm going to listen to you. And in the same way, you could say something to the effect of, you know what? If you're struggling with weight, it's not your fault. It's probably your genetics. You know, you're eating all the right foods. You're exercising like crazy. But your genetics are, have shaped you different ways. And this is actually the right weight for you. Or you could say it's processed food. There's nothing you could do about it. Now, they feel like, hey, I want to listen to this person because uh, they're making me feel good about myself. So those are a couple of ideas how you can, you know, just imagine like they're wearing this heavy backpack and you're lifting it off their back, putting it somewhere else. Like you're going to love that person, right? Yeah. Unless you're into extreme ownership and like you've, you've like chomped down on Jocko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little, little twist there. <laughs> I like, but that's people definitely going to buy that for sure. Like if you're, yeah. you're, you're easing their burden and you're making them feel better, they're going to, they're going to come running back. Absolutely. Now there's one last one. This one's a little bit controversial. It's create a binary or polarizing point of view, POV point of view. And you might say something like, you know what, if you've been struggling to take off those last five kilograms, here's, here's what I want to say, forget it. Instead, put 15 more on because fat is the new cool. Fat is the new sexy and screw all those skinny fit looking people. Now, is it a good idea if that's not what you believe? Of course not. But if, if you can make a stand in like what's, what's going to happen is you're going to get a reaction. People are, some people are going to love you. Some people are going to hate you, but you'll know exactly who your tribe is. But whatever you say, make sure it's like, it's true to you, <laughs> what you actually believe, because yeah. whatever you put online never goes away. Uh, who do you, who would you say is like, uh, an expert in polarization? Who do you see? Oh, I don't want to get into politics. <laughs> like, uh, is, is that where you're trying to bait me? You're trying to get me to talk about no, politics? <laughs> no, no, no. I was, my, the one that comes to mind for me is Gary V. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's very polarizing. Yeah. I think he's totally polarizing. I actually, I, uh, when I teach, um, 10 tips to building a powerful personal brand, yeah. uh, one of one of my tips is being willing to polarize and it's a picture of Gary V because <laughs> he, he really just doesn't give a fuck uh he believes what he believes and I, I kind of link it to what Seth Godin says um another tip of mine in there is like cut the crap like stop trying to please everybody just you just want your people it's so much easier when you're really your people are coming to you because they've already nodded their head and and gone yeah you're my people I'm your people it just makes it so much easier. So I love, I do love the polarizing strategy for that. And I've been told that uh, sometimes, yeah, I'm probably, my probably natural strategy is to go polarize. Yeah, I can, I can see that. A little bit of, uh, of pink, you know, you know, the artist pink. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, she has a song about starting a fight or something. I love that yeah. song, but I don't know. I think that you would totally rock that song if, <laughs> <laughs> if it came on the radio, you'd rock out to that one. I literally had that stuck in my head just last week and I couldn't oh, get it out of my now head. Now it's stuck in your head again, isn't it? <laughs> and now it's going to be, yeah, you know, straight after this, I'm going to have that on. Like, so yeah. what? Oh yeah, so what? That's the name of the song. I love yeah. that song. So what? I'm a rock star. Yeah, <laughs> got my rock shoes. Yeah, okay. I feel um, like I'm channeling my pink today. And I had yeah, to care for a, a little bit. A COVID you need to like roll up your sleeves a little bit more to show your shoulders and then it's really, yeah it's 
my audience will be like, what's going on? She's wearing clothes. I, uh, you probably see me on the black belt course, Kenna. It's very rare for me to have sleeves or yeah. It's, uh, I normally have the guns out. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. That, that's a, that's, you got the, you got the vibe for sure right now. <laughs> okay. So how okay. do you put this into practice? What's the next step? So we, when we wrap this up, then there's just one last thing to do. Uh, oh, when we deliver, you want to think, educate, edify, entertain. Now, <clears throat> at the very end, there's a simple formula, how to ask someone to do something. Who plus context plus action. And it it's, looks a little something like this. You, friend, colleague, boss, needs to watch this, hear this, agrees with this, has this problem, would like this, and share, tag, comment, or click below. And you just think, who, why, what? Pick one word or one item from each of these columns. So at the end, you might say something, say, say something like, hey, by the way, if you... Uh, like this video and you would like this list of five tips to lose weight without having to diet, which I have right here, then what you want to do is comment yes down below and I'll send it to you for free. Then you get engagement. You can pick any one of these three things and mash them up. In your case, Jade, it might be, uh, hey, if you agree with what I just said in this video, then do me a favor and share it with one of your friends and maybe they'll agree with it too. This is a really, really simple, non-douchey, non-pushy way to get people to engage. And you just pick one from each column, spill it out there, and that that's how it works. Super simple. I love that. And I'm kind of forward slapping myself because I think nearly all of my call to actions for um, engagement is like comment below or DM me or like it's, I don't think, I don't get into... With the podcast, we say share a bit more if you feel like you've got yep. some tips. But I, I really love having a few different tools of what you can do to drive the engagement up. And more importantly, because if you're adding, actually adding value, like there is aha moments, how you can give some free tips to more people and have a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And give, you give them a reason, right? <clears throat> like what I would say sometimes is... <clears throat> um, Excuse me, I got something in my throat. What I would say is, uh, look, if this video spoke to you and you know that it's useful information for a business owner and you have a friend who's a business owner and struggling in this area, then do this for them. They might not listen to you, but if you share this video with them and they watch this video, it might impact their business. It might impact their business, meaning that their family, meaning the employees, meaning everybody who's involved or affected the vendors, the suppliers, the customers of that business will all be affected because you helped just put a ripple in the pond by sharing this video. Do this for them. Now, by saying something like that, Lori, I don't know what sharing, like, but I'm pressing share right now. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's altruistic. You, yeah. the, the, the altruism that is injected into the ask carries so much weight and gets people to stop thinking about, well, it. it if you say like, help me get to, you know, a million subscribers or whatever, some people might do it, but they have to already be a fan because they're doing it for you. That's, that's level one. Level two is do it for you. You know, like click below to get this thing, right? That's for you. Now doing it for a third party, that's altruism. And altruism is more powerful than the other two things combined. If you pull it off with sincerity, people respond to that stuff. Yeah. I, like, I instantly be, um, maybe because of my personality type, my 
my um, my profile is to want to jump in and to serve. I was I'd already be thinking. I was like, I was hooked. I don't know what we're selling. I don't know what we're sharing, but it feels so helpful. I just, I want to help somebody. Who can I help? Yeah, that, that's exactly what, what happens. And we all, as, as humans, that's, that's our instinct is we'll do more for others than we will for ourselves. Like mm-hmm. any day of the week, you, we, we're, we're servants by nature. We want to help. And we just don't have enough opportunity to, uh, where people obviously need help. So you have to set up that situation where you, where people feel like they're a part of a movement, a part of, of, a, of a cause, and then they will respond. I love it. How often should someone be putting out content like this? You know, that's a really good question because I think it's different for each person, but here, here's, how I, I, here's how I see it is especially if you don't feel comfortable in front of the camera, kind of think of yourself as, uh, as having signed up for the marathon, right? It's six months away, right? Now, when do you start practicing and training for the marathon? A lot of people, they treat business and c- content creation as if they started training the day before the marathon. They expect to win, <laughs> right? They, they, they go buy the shoes. They go watch a few YouTube videos and all the gear, they, you know, they get registered and they put all, everything in the closet. And then the day before they put everything on, they practice like crazy for one day and then they expect to crush it in the marathon. Now, here's the thing. I've had people come to me and say like, okay, I got my, my web page ready. I got my funnels, I got everything. And then we're gonna do the launch in six months. So I'm gonna start making video and promoting it a week before. I'm like, you know, like, Like in the marathon, what you do is you'd start training right away and you might find, oh, I got the wrong type of shoes. You got to change that out. You're going to get injury. You got to change out. You got to get some coaching around your stride. So if you're starting out, I think your hundredth video is going to be pretty good. Yeah. That's how I see it. And, and each video, you're not looking for for perfection. You're looking for how can I be 1% better than my previous video? That's all. 1% 1% better because I, I don't know if the math actually works, but you know, motivationally, this works for me is if you get 1% better over the course of hundred videos, you're at hundred percent, but all you have to think is 1% better than my previous video. Then it gets easy. And you, there's not this pressure of having to get it perfect each time. You just got to be 1% better and put it out until you feel confident keep putting out video until you start getting responses and engagement. And when you're getting engagement organically, when you are, your videos are getting shared without you asking or without having to be douchey or pay for it, or when, when people are commenting while you're live, then you know that, Hey, I'm onto something. And that would be a good time to start channeling people into a sales system and you'll get so much free traffic and therefore revenue. I love that. I, uh, (laughs) Three, just over three years ago, I was literally the most awkward person you've ever seen on video. My ex-husband was a photographer. He refused to take my photos. I was that bad. Uh, and this is from someone who owned a modeling and promotional agency like 21 years ago. He would just like, why are you so retarded? I can't even take your photo. Like, go get, get another photographer to do your headshots. I'm like, wow. Like, I had to do videos with um, the entourage when they invested in my last firm. And... Uh, I threw up in a plant. Jack Lewis is like tickling me under the table, trying to make me less awkward. It's just hideous. And he said, before the next board meeting, you're just going to go on Snapchat every fucking day. 
every day you're getting on Snapchat and you're going live. And I'm like, I don't have Snapchat. He's like, excellent. You'll have one follower, me. He's like, and you're just going to get on there and you're just going to do it until you are less weird. And I think that was the best advice I ever got. And just it, just the, the practice. And I used to completely freak out. But you, you saw the beginning of this episode was a complete disaster. Usually I'm just going to melt down, go, Ken, let's just delete that off, off live, get rid of it, and we'll start again in a minute and people won't ever know. <laughs> but now yeah. you can just ease, ease with it. Um, what's your thoughts, though, on, on practicing via, via going live rather than I have a whole weird thing about just talking to a camera, like I just can't do it, I haven't got there yet. What's, what's your take on live versus recording? You know, there's, there's a few ways to go about it, but the, I, I recommend that if you, if you know in your side that you're, you're sensitive and that hate comments are going to set you back, then find a group of friends that support you or are going through the same journey together, share it among your friends, recorded videos and get their feedback and they'll give you pointers to improve. And once you have a certain level of confidence that you know that you're not gonna vomit and then go hide in your basement and never get online again and, and you know, physically cut all the cables in your house so that nobody will ever find you. Like if, if you think that that's a risk, then, then do recorded stuff first. Uh, if, if live, like having a conversation with people is more exciting to you, then do that. Do what excites you more. Um, for me, I found, I've only started going live just a couple months ago. It's, it's quite new to me actually. And I used to only do recorded. And I found that when I'm live, I actually come alive a bit more because I see people who, who, who I love, my friends, they're like, hey, you know, you, let's, you know, like I just, I, I just have a chat with I them. And the other night, how we ended up here. Yeah, exactly. I just saw, I'm like, I don't troll or scroll on Facebook that much, but I had it open to um, let one of my team in and I saw that you were live. And I was like, oh, Ken, I miss Ken. And then I was like, holy <laughs> shit, what is he doing to his screen? How's he making, how's he, how's he drawing on there? What's happening? And obviously I commented and then it led to this. So I think that's a like really powerful example of how a live can work because people get notified that you're live and if you're doing something cool like you were doing, then people hang around. Like I hung around pretty much for the whole thing until I went to look for your direct message that I'd clearly missed before that. But no that's, that's so unlike me to do. And I think that's the power of personality and building hmm. that. Um, well, can you just share some of the things that you were doing? Yeah, so you mean like, uh... I was just kind of drawing on my screen, stuff like, you know, pointing at myself, saying, hey, click below. Uh, maybe uh, you just gave me a good idea earlier about how do I draw a light bulb? How does that work? Like that, yeah. There we are, you know. Yeah, I was just showing how to do these tricks on your phone. I mean, sorry, on your iPad without having to pay for any expensive software. And, uh, and Jade kind of got lit up about that. So we had a conversation. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was just so cool. And what's even cooler is, uh, because I do leave things to the last minute and then I was like, oh my God, that was so cool. And I've been meaning to do it. I did it. I think it got to about 
30 minutes before we were due to do this live. And I was like, I want to see if I can make the stuff work. So I literally downloaded all the things. I watched your training, your loom. I downloaded the green screen. I got the, I had to Google how to connect my iPad to my computer, which I've been meaning to do for the entirety of COVID. And I <laughs> hadn't had the motivation to do it because it seemed like it was going to be so hard. And you're like, oh, just do this. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. The other thing that I, I was laughing when you were saying, you know, you buy all the stuff and you put it in the cupboard and you wait for the big moment. Yeah. I present to you the Elgato stream deck. <laughs> but obviously every coach and entrepreneur that was going live during COVID scoured the earth for sold their firstborn to get. Yeah. Hasn't been out of the box yet. Uh, that's for the next, that's for the next live stream. <laughs> but I'm sure you can teach me how to make that work super quick too. Is that how you're controlling all of your stuff? Yeah. I got one of these hooked up here and uh, yeah, it's, it's cool because oops, let's see if I get on the screen. You can actually see the thumbnails for like what the screen What's let me get this glare off of there. Uh, I, you know, I can the see a preview of what's on each screen. And uh, it's, yeah, there you go. And that's how I'm able to switch stuff around. You know, yeah, like you saw the top view here, right? Yeah. This, you could see this camera. You can see my slide deck. Oops, that's the wrong one. Uh, I could put stuff on the screen. Like, like I do this for, I'm like, hey guys, make sure you can see all the way to the edges because I'm going to put up some graphs and uh, sometimes the edge gets cropped if you're on an iPhone or something. So it's it's pretty cool. And uh, it gives people more of an experience. What's super cool about it is it's actually not hard to do. I just, I got myself into a test thinking I just wouldn't be able to figure it out. And I'm like, mm. how am I going to do this? This is all too hard. Um, and your your looms were just so basic on how to do it. So I think that you don't need to have, like to, to get started, you don't need to have all this fancy stuff. No. But no. if you're already comfortable doing videos, like I challenge you now to take it up the next step, like to, to apply Hilda and to go, okay, well, what else is one little cool thing? Like maybe every 10 videos, you, you take it up a step. Well, Jade, I, I, I get asked this question all the time. It's like, what camera should I get? What gear, what, you know, what light, what mic? And here is, here's my answer. It's, and I think you're going to like this. It's, you don't buy equipment to make videos for video marketing. What you do is whatever you have with you, whether it's your phone or your, or your webcam, use what you have, get good at storytelling and performing using Hilda or something like it. And when you get leads and sales, use the money from that to upgrade your gear. Like the, 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 the gear is a reward for making money with video, not the prerequisite. You gotta, you gotta get your mindset fixed around that. Make some money and then use that money to buy the gear. It, it's gotta be that way. Otherwise you will stack up so much gear and, and uh, you know, the, your bank balance is going down while, while your closet's getting fuller. And that's not what's yeah. supposed to happen. I love that. Um, with the Wetsuit CEO guys, we do risk and reward. And so you've got to, uh, you've got to hit, similar to what we do uh, at the intensives can in terms of like what's the what's the consequence and what's the what's the reward so i'd say to people until you've done what 100 videos or whatever your metric is and unless, until you're getting engagement until you've got a sale then you're not allowed to buy that next piece of fancy shit because you haven't actually dialed in the most important thing which is the connection and the message right yeah because yeah, absolutely douchebags still look like douchebags on great camera they actually probably look like bigger douchebags if they've got all of the shit 
and yeah. they're just yeah. standing there talking about themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, when people tell me like, I'm making so many videos and uh, how do I get more views or more engagement? And it's, it's hard to say it to their face, but the, the answer is this, make better fucking content. It, that's, it's that simple. Camera? It's not buy a better camera. <laughs> it's always make better content. And people are looking for a trick or a, a, or a shortcut. I'm like there are no shortcuts or tricks to giving people value. Like you help people by actually helping people. It's that yeah. simple. <laughs> and if you help people, they'll want to buy you. <laughs> exactly. And the way you help people is just with aha moments. You don't give them a full training. Like I, I give a bit more than I usually do here because Jade, I, I like you a lot and I know that you're going to go far with this, but uh, you give them an aha moment where they think, oh, I never thought of it that way. And then because you're the person who gave them that opening, they will be, they feel like they're indebted to you and they'll come back and then you give them more and more. And I, I actually literally I've had people come to me and say, Ken, where can I actually pay money to work with you more? Yeah. They didn't, I didn't make any offer. They came to me. So that's what you want to do. Give, and I don't give away strategies for free very much. It's mostly aha moments. You give aha moments and gain their interest. Then they want to give you money. That's how it works. I love that. Um, and I, it, it reminds me the fact that I, I didn't have a website for the last four years or a landing page or anything and still managed to have clients and travel the world and do awesome things. People don't, like you were saying before, they're like, oh, I built the website and I built the funnel. I did all these things. But they can literally, if they're putting out the right content and adding value and have the aha, they can already start making sales, right? They don't need to wait until they've spent thousands on websites or doing all of this stuff, do they? No, not at all. Just start. And you're, I got this book here. I'm just going through zero to one. Like one is infinitely more valuable than zero, infinitely more valuable. So if you're not putting out, if you didn't put out a video today and you put one out, then it's infinitely greater than where you're currently are right now. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny. Cause literally uh, on the Western CEO call, I was talking to one of our clients about zero to one. And, and when you think about many ways that this could be applied, when you're in a car doing zero kilometers, it's the first mile, the first kilometer that counts on the speedo, right? Because once you're rolling, you can start to gather speed. You can start to turn. But when you're at a dead stop, you, you yeah. can't go anywhere. Yeah. When you, and if you start thinking about the power of zeros, when you get your, your, your first follower, great. Then you stack it. Your first hundred, then your first thousand. It's like when you stack those ones, it's when you, when you get the momentum. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Sometimes I say your first video is like first gear on your, on your car. If you can, if you're old enough to remember those, it, it's not, it's not driving speed. It's just brake inertia speed. All you're doing is fighting inertia to just get the wheels rolling. And what do you do? You as quickly as possible shift into second and then third and then fourth. And there's no way in hell you can, you know, make it on the highway in first gear. You're going to be in fourth, fifth or sixth gear. So the, the first video is just just to pull out of the driveway. That's it. And then you're moving. You just, you just got to get moving. So you don't need a fancy editing Mm -hmm. team. You don't need to cut and splice. You don't need all of the things do you? I think the easiest way is just hit the live button. 
I actually do recommend that actually. You know, like the recorded videos, you might second guess yourself. Like you record it, it's like, ah, I don't feel like uploading. Or you try to upload it and it fails. Like, ah, I don't want to try again, you know? Like any little obstacle is going to get in your way. But if you hit live, then you're just like, oh, stay, you know, game I, face, you know? <laughs> I cannot do, like, okay, I'm going to reprogram myself. I can do. I will <laughs> but for me, I, I feel super awkward. And I, I think the perfectionism kicks in when I'm, when I'm recording something. I was like, oh, if I'm recording, it must be a really important video to me. And I must, you know, they're going to expect it to be great because it's just me on camera. And so it's got to be polished and I can't fuck up and all the things need to be right. And then if I forget a word or I didn't give uh, one of the points that I wanted to give, then I get frozen. I'm like, I'll go back and do it again. And I'll go back and do it again. And then every time it's just like paralysis by analysis going on yeah. yeah whereas if i hit live i feel like it gives me the kind of the permission just to to be raw and authentically me as well and like that could be a it could be a real misconception of me other people might be like no you should actually just do better but i feel like i give i maybe because i give other people i don't have the right slacks wiggle room, wiggle room. Life, yeah I'm, I'm more forgiving on them yeah. Um, and I think, you know, that you're just having a crack. So as long as you're giving value, um, yeah, I just, I find the, the whole recorded situation just, I don't know. I can't do it. I can do it. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to re-script myself. Uh, <laughs> well, wh why do you need to record? You don't. What do you mean? Like you said that you don't. You, you don't do well when you're recording. So why why ever record? What's yeah, the point? I, I think like when you're, we're trying to do, I don't know, your your videos to for advertisements or the um, I now just Nate, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a tip right now. Okay, about those. Okay, so here's what you do when you are uh, okay. Let's say that you got to do an ad, right? So you're gonna if this is a camera, right? And this mm -hmm. is Jade here. Does Jade wear a dress or pants? I'm not sure, right? Uh, sorry, <laughs> okay, is that a skirt? That's a like, skirt. You like that? dress. That's fine. Okay. That's good. Yeah, okay. And what you're going to do is you're going to hook this up to a laptop, right? With uh -huh. a, a wire, Whoop, right? And on the other side, you've got somebody who's actually watching on, on Zoom, and you're actually going to be recording everything on ecamm and it's going to be wirelessly transmitting so you're actually in your mind let's put a thought bubble here you're thinking about this guy you're talking to him mm -hmm. but you're being recorded by the camera so what i'm saying is you do a zoom call with somebody let's say like for example me and and you're talking straight to me but you're recording in Ecamm on your computer. Yes. Then you get the best of both worlds. So I'm gonna be like, Jade, give it to me. Give me your sales pitch. Uh, I got the script here with me. So the first you know, sentence is, hey guys, today we're gonna to talk about X, Y, Z, and D. All right, you ready for that? All right, three, two, one. And then you give it to me. And then I just walk you through that script. It's so easy. Is this what you do as your virtual director thing? Like, yeah, I know sometimes you, I do that. I know that I know that you do a, the magic thing where you're kind of directing the talent 
Uh, yeah. Is that how you're doing it? Yeah, I get them to talk to me. We have a conversation. And then on this end, I'm just hitting record. Actually, you're recording everything on your end. And then that gets sent to my editors and they find all the great parts and stitch them together and make it seamless. Genius. So Genius. having a director makes a world of difference, especially if you, if you tend to get in your head. You'd yeah. be surprised the, 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 the crazy shit I got to pull off sometimes to get my clients out of their heads. Like I, I've actually you know, had to bring alcohol on set a few times, you know, I've, I've had them, you know, like literally like, you know, do a back bend and yell as loud as they can. And, you know, until they turn red in the face so they could get out of their freaking head and then perform. Like there, there's just all kinds of stuff that just gets in there when there's pressure. Right. Oh my gosh. I literally saw a memory pop up the other day on Facebook of, a video that I was doing for Cub Business Club. And Cub Business Club here is one of the biggest uh, entrepreneur clubs. Um, and it was when they were first starting. I had to interview the, the, the founder for their recruitment drive. And the mm -hmm. barman was just bringing me straight gins. So I'm like, and there's, there's a pan back shot and you can see the gin glasses at my feet. I'm like throwing these things back just to get through it. Uh, I, I said to my, my coach said to me the other day, the surf coach, he's like, I can see your brain thinking. I can literally see it thinking, what do we need to do? I said, I think beer is the answer. I feel like two beers before I hit the ramp could be the key. <laughs> like what, what do you, what can you do? I, what's, what's some other tools? If someone's gonna do it on their own or they're gonna have a friend direct them, what else yeah. you get them to do? I don't know if we should encourage everyone to do back bends. Well, I'll tell you one thing not to do is don't get a teleprompter. Oh. The moment you got a teleprompter or you try to memorize a script, then you, you stay right here in the head the whole time. And when you speak from your head, everything is dead and you look wooden and stiff and very, very boring because you're focusing on saying the right thing and not saying the thing that you're feeling at the moment. You feel that? Yeah, it's horrible. And horrible. You're you're trying to you're trying to do what's right by reading the script or make you're 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 half worried like am I saying it right while you're regurgitating what you memorize? What you need is the framework, like Hilda. It's a framework you just know you go from one section to another. You just know I gotta hook them in. Okay, I gotta say something about myself. I've gotta, you know, prep them for what I'm about to deliver. I gotta deliver value, now I gotta ask them to do something. It's and then everything in between is fluid. Yeah, I love that. Every time I've tried to read someone's bio before the podcast, it just seems like I'm reading it, obviously. But I get so worried that I'm going to miss something that I've either been given to say about them or, and it, it, it feels, I don't know, it feels gross. It just feels really inauthentic. Um, mm -hmm. So, and, and you do, you just get so worried that you're going to trip up that then you then you trip up. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens. There's a couple things I really loved about what you were saying before um, about practicing and creating a safe space with some other friends. So chances yeah. are, if you're a business owner, you know other business owners. You know other people that should also be practicing with video and doing video. Like make yourself a little power group. Um, I love it with our with my group coaching program. We have a WhatsApp group, and everyone gets encouraged to do their um their instagram stories or their linkedin stories or their their lives and stuff 
And to get the comfort, they just started doing them and, and sending them in WhatsApp. And then we just started communicating with each other by video. Like if we have a Friday afternoons, everyone's gonna, you know, give us a recap on your Friday and we'll give them beers, cheers. So everyone's like literally clinking on, on cameras and it just lowered the barrier of mm, mm. uncomfortability, making the unfamiliar familiar by just yeah. doing it with your friends, like with your, with your peer group or your mastermind. So I'd say that if you're watching this, listening to this and you need to get started, just think about it. You've probably got at least, you know, two or three other friends that should be doing more video too, or they are doing the video and would love to support you. Just create, create a power group. What do you reckon, Ken? I think that's a great idea. It's a super, and also you get the accountability, right? Yeah. Like if, if you say, Hey, I'm going to put out one video a week. Um, can you remind me to do that? Then that's, you know, like, otherwise, I don't know, you get kicked out of the group or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, our, our, our group, because it is, we do accountability. They set the, um, yeah. they set it's... what the milestone is at the beginning of the week. Yeah. And on Friday we check back in and yeah. you know, if you're turning up to your Friday call, if you haven't done what you're supposed to do, you have to date, you have to take the risk. So that can be things like for people like me that don't eat McDonald's, we have to eat McDonald's live on the call with, with the group or worse, it gets live streamed to our audience or oh one of the girls, one of the girls, her, her plan was to be able to quit her job within the six weeks that we were working together. Yeah. And well, actually she wanted to do it in 12 weeks, but we wanted to get her out of there as soon as possible. And she had, a list of things she needed to do didn't get done the week before. She asked if she could go double or nothing. The group decided yes. What that meant was she had to do four tequila shots before she went to work on the Friday and she wasn't allowed to quit her job till the next week. <laughs> four tequila shots. Yeah, yeah that's going to be a fun day. <laughs> at 6am. Oh, and man. obviously recorded and sent to the group. <laughs> oh. Is someone testing to make sure it's not water in the cups? <laughs> uh, Yes, we did rate her partner is also in the program. Uh, oh, okay, so okay, yeah. It all done. But great news was she managed to uh, to quit her job and start working full-time in her own business. Uh, wow. Because the next week, she was definitely not drinking tequila for breakfast. She was like, we're getting the shit done. <laughs> that, that reminds me of the very, very first time I stood on a stage in front of people. I was uh, at a Tony Robbins event and he's got this leadership course, you know, but my buddy... Uh, his name is Daryl Cully. I, uh, I still remember to this day. He asked me, what's your biggest fear? And I said, I, I, I'm terrified of getting on stages. And this is probably yeah. like eight years ago or 10 years ago. I can't remember. Like I've never, ever, ever stood in front of more than five people maybe. And he says, okay, let's, let's get that started. I'm like, great. So I thought he's going to do some NLP, you know, like, you know, technique or something. He literally grabs my wrist and pulls me up onto the stage during this event and i'm just like what are you doing he goes look you'll never have a more scary moment than this when you're on stage and you're not supposed to be there and you're gonna find out it's not so bad i'm like i am not and he he's bigger than me physically I'm, I'm a small guy and he put me on that stage and i'm like oh, okay okay i got it <laughs> and since then i my stage fright is just gone oh i love it i love it you didn't die but he was fine yeah, I actually found that uh, I love speaking in public and uh, I didn't know that. I would have never discovered that unless someone threw me off the deep end and made me do that. Isn't that funny? Because weren't you the guy that brought all the biggest speakers to Japan and helped run these massive events? Wasn't, yeah. wasn't that you? So, this, so that happened before I got into that. 
that give you the confidence to, in case you ever got yeah. dragged up on stage yeah. mid mid event? <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, it all kind of jumbled together. You know, uh, I was doing Tony Robbins programs, and then I met a lot of uh, really you know big speakers through that, and then through that I organ started organizing events here in Japan and bringing them to Japan. Let's just uh, let's let's just squirrel and change directions just a minute because yeah. we haven't talked much about you as a person. Sure. Um, but you did share a story with me, like that you were doing that and it was pretty cool, and everyone would have thought that was awesome. What happened? Yeah, so you know, there at one point we were actually doing the largest personal development or business seminars in Japan, like the like all of Japan, and. It took us like two years to get to that point. And we're doing events uh, on, on average, like two a month with some small events and the big events, like where we're having, you know, a, you know, thousands of people at a time renting the biggest venues in all of Japan. Uh, we do that every other month, these multi-speaker style events. But here's the thing. One, you know, Jim Carrey said this, this phrase that sticks with me. He says, uh, everybody's been told that money doesn't bring you happiness, but give us a goddamn chance to find out for ourselves. And <laughs> when, when I'm doing these events, and I remember that one event was, I think it was, the value was like, uh, you know, a couple million dollars, you know, and I, I just was sitting in the desk behind, you know, like negotiating with the, with the, I think with the, the event uh, hall organizers and vendors and, you know, customer complaints and, and, you know, high maintenance speakers. And I sat there in the back and I was about to go on stage to, to give the, you know, like the farewell speech and like, see you next time to everybody. And I asked myself, do I want to be doing this five years from now? And like, it came like as loud as a megaphone. It's like, fuck no. Like the, like I'm putting like, like I, I wasn't seeing my kids, you know, I was barely seeing my wife. I had no life. Uh, I was stuck in offices. I was pretty much like in a, my, my team was like just on the phone all day, every day, just booking, uh, like looking for booking halls, negotiating prices, selling tickets. And even though that, you know, the brief experience of the event itself is amazing, kind of like the surf, you know, the, the struggle to get there and then do it again and again and again and again. It just wasn't worth the the, the effort. And also, I, I didn't really enjoy it. I, I enjoyed the thrill of getting to a certain level. But once I reached the level, I thought, no, this I'm, I'm climbing up the wrong peak. I want to get down. So uh, we, you know, I negotiated with some of my partners. We actually shut down that business. But the thing I kept was, you know, the way I filled the room was with marketing and video marketing. So. I just kept what I knew about how to fill a big stadium full of people with video marketing. And I took that knowledge and I approached the speakers who came on my stage, many of which you'll know. Uh, and I asked them, would you like me to help you fill stages? I mean, fill stadiums all around the world uh, with my video marketing skills. And they said, sure. And they already knew me. I had a track record with them. So I launched my video marketing agency. So that's how I, I pivoted and I love traveling. And I love shooting videos. Uh, I'm Japanese, you know, you, you know, Japanese tourists and Japanese cameras, right? So, you know, it's it, it fit right in. <laughs> it must be in my blood. I love that. Um, and you said to me the other day, obviously because of the uh, the Rona, this is the longest you've been home in ten years or something. Probably. I mean, it's it's been almost a full year. Oh, it's March. I was in Melbourne, 
or or the Sydney. I can't remember. No, uh, I didn't see you in Melbourne in March. Oh, I must have been in the U.S. I was in the U.S. then. Okay, yeah. so I was March. I actually did go to Melbourne, but not for Black Belt, if that's what you're talking about. <laughs> I went to Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney. Uh, I went to London, Dublin, then Florida, and a couple other places in the US, but I did this world tour visiting my clients because that's what I do. Like I show up for two days. I shoot, I have a program called 52 and two where we shoot an entire year's worth of weekly videos in two days. We oh, rent out a luxury condo hell and, and a we, dream. what's that? It sounds like hell and a dream in one. It is. Well, it, we got it really organized. So it's, it's actually quite fun. Uh, and you know, when you're a business owner, time is such a premium. So if you could get your whole year's worth of stuff done in two days, and that's amazing, right? So we have, you know, makeup artists, we have eight different sets, eight different clothes changes. Uh, and I'll, I'll walk you through that. That's a whole nother thing. But with Corona, obviously, so I did this, you know, around the world thing. I, I used to do that once a month, at least. Uh, and since then, since March, I landed and uh, it's been like eight months, I guess. Yeah, it's just, yeah. The, I can't remember. Are you jonesing to get back on the road or do you like the new lifestyle? I think that, you know, for the first time, my company is, is kind of on a, a clear trajectory. And I'm just like, wow, this feels different before. It's just like, you know, it, because I travel so much, even though we're bringing in a lot of money, it was, I think that building the, the systems within the business was a challenge because Everybody was looking for, to me, but and I wasn't present in my company enough. Uh, so that's one reason I, that's a newfound joy is actually installing a lot more stability in my team. Mm -hmm. um, more time with my family and my wife and kids. Like I, I didn't know what I was missing until I, I, uh, I had to go through this. Now, yeah. I don't think I want to go back to that. I don't no. think so. Uh, I think there will be more traveling than there is now, but not as much as there was before. Um, I've, and I've made a lot of tough decisions that I knew I needed to make, such as removing myself from needing to be the person who's in the middle of the business. I had to be the, the director in all my shoots before. Now I help people set up their home studios and I coach them on the content creation, but then all that footage just comes straight back to us. We edit it and we put it on the social media and produce it all for them. And I feel a little bit like, hey, I kind of, uh, you know, sometimes I feel a little bit unneeded, but then it's a, yeah. it's a good, you know, like I should get yeah. used to that because now I am free. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not completely out, but it's restructured so that I can exit so that this business can be sold if I wanted to. Wow. I, um, something I just picked up, you said then that I see is a really big problem with a lot of business owners. And if anyone has heard of Roger James Hamilton and his uh, Wealth Dynamics, Profiling, uh, a lot of business owners are creator types, or you know it's their baby. And there's a there's two things: either the ego or the creator just feels like no one else can do it as good as them. Or if you come from one of the other energies, it might be your need for significance, and you don't feel like you're worthy or doing enough or whatever. Uh, you're not significant enough if you're not in it all the time. And I think that's a really big challenge. Um, that a lot of business owners need to get over to be able to crack that scale piece. Like they get capped because they keep themselves. They want to be needed. They, they want to be in the center of it or they don't trust that other people can do it as good as them. And that's 
that's the blocker. That's that's what stops them from being able to scale and go to the next level. Mm. Yeah, I that's where I was. So how did you get over that? Like, what, did you just end up going, actually, the freedom thing is way more attractive than the significance thing? You know, I, I had it in my head for a long time that I, I needed to make this shift. And the it's it was survival because my clients, like I said earlier, in my video marketing agency were mostly uh, in live events. And the live events were the first industry to get crushed by Corona. And a lot of these guys had paid for venues 18 months in advance, hired speakers, like they put out a lot of money. A few of them went bankrupt. Uh, all of them had to like slash costs drastically. So my cash flow for 2020 was like, I think we, we went off a cliff like 80% down from the previous I year. I didn't even have a home when all that happened because I was booked to travel the world for the year speaking. So I was about to jump on a plane, go to KL for a, a week and speak at Mind Valley, training their team. Then I was in Bali for seven weeks doing a run. And then I was back for a quick turnaround running two events for Mind Valley, then Costa Rica and Amsterdam. You had it all booked already? Oh yeah, all booked. I didn't even have wow. one. Like the on the That's why you're working out of the van now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I bought I just bought my tiny home and it was it was meant to be my home in between trips because I was only uh -huh. at my home maximum four weeks. And yeah. so that was gonna be my own space that I had and my office that I could use when I was in between because I felt really gypsy before, like Mm -hmm. coming going not not having my own space all the time and that's yeah that's why i was building the van um like lucky i didn't need, need to use it the van's not even finished <laughs> i have a home thank god um, but literally every, i didn't even have a website or anything like everything gone every way i got my clients like all wow. my paid gigs yeah not a home didn't own didn't own couches or things like that i'd sold all of that when Just i decided to go nomad. Did you have to have a surfboard though? I mean, that's the important thing, well, right? I, I had the surfboards because when I traveled, I used my surfboard bag as a suitcase. Um, uh -huh. And so last year, what I would do is I'd come in from Bali. I'd, I had a couple of times where I was only like a 36 hour turnaround in Australia. I'd come in from Bali with my board bag, switch out my board bag for a suitcase and then go to Europe. Uh, and then sometimes someone would bring me a board bag uh, or I'd come back through, do a really quick turnaround on the way back. Often I had to do that for uh, insurance anyway, because it could only be out of the country for three months at a time. So I'd come back in, switch out suitcase and all the European clothes, switch into surfboard bag, back to Bali. Yeah. So they, I, I still had those. Well, good. That, that's what's important, right? <laughs> the boards. <laughs> the boards. They were the most important thing, really. Yeah, um, yeah. So I know that you also had to make a slight pivot with the business. Yeah, um, major pivot. So where's, where's the blessing in that? Oh my God, in every direction, in every direction. The number one, the, the relationship we have with our clients is much better than it used to be. Uh, meaning that we're, we used to get people on one-year contracts and uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, it doesn't make you fight as hard to keep clients happy than if you switch to month by month, then all of a sudden your product and your service needs to be so much better in order to get that monthly paycheck. And we've just improved the process and the service communication across every, every single level. 
the the blessing is also that I uh, relaunched. That means I revamped and relaunched something called Video Ninja Secrets, which is my six week course that just gets people jump started on video marketing. Like this is for the people who haven't started getting leads or sales of the video yet, or they did and they want to accelerate that process. And I show them exactly how to structure everything without buying any special software like ClickFunnels or stuff like that. No website, just video and social media and a phone and start making money. So that I show up and that course is, uh, it's actually been quite a hit. People love it. People love it. They go through it. And uh, I'm just about to interview somebody else who's about to tell me how she got close to her first three clients just uh, last week, actually. So it's, uh, that wouldn't have happened unless I actually sat down and stayed home and, and actually built all this stuff out. So yeah, a lot of blessings. I love it. I love it. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that are in our groups that this is for me, especially it's been a blessing as well, because it's forced me to do the things that I didn't do before and create those, um, more scalable items and, and the systems and processes to be able to leverage. Um, a curly one for you. What's one thing you wish you did do during Corona and before borders open and the world goes back to, to not normal, but more, more before you're allowed to get, get on a plane again freely. You know, we moved houses during Corona and, you know, because we're working from home and I need my own office. My wife needed her office. All the kids are getting bigger. They wanted their own rooms. I think that I want to, uh, you know, right now, everything behind me looks great, but I'm telling you what's in front of me is a mess <laughs> because we, we moved and I never really set things up how I wanted, but I knew that on camera, I had to look good. So that side of the room looks nice. This side of the room is a, sh you know, like it's a desk with clutter everywhere. So I actually want my, the, what I'm looking at every day not what my client, but I actually want to do this office properly. Uh, yeah. And I think we've just been on so much go, go, go mode that this has been kind of marginalized, like making my, my workspace feel inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to work on that. Okay. Action item. Then this is me with my fluffy baseball bat. When okay. are you going to get it done by? Let's see. Uh, I'm just making a checklist for what needs to get done. Before the end of January, for sure. Beautiful. So by the end of January, yeah, Ken's you're gonna going see. To, Ken's going to find this post and when yeah. the podcast comes out and he's going to put a, a, a video. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm, I'm going to have another camera here where you're going to be able to see oh. a wide angle of all this side. And then like, I'm going to be doing multi-camera, you know, type of stuff. So it has to look good. And that's, that's the pressure I put on myself to make things look good. It's like, okay, you're on camera, make it look good. Okay. So I think the risk should be, if it's not done by January 31, you've got to set up the camera and shoot anyway. Sure. Done. Handshake yep. through the lens. There we go. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, I know that you've got something else to share with us. What's, what's, uh, what's the last do I? thing? Yeah. I'll give you a hint. Well, group. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I, I do have a free group. And uh, I guess, Jade, you'll put the link below uh, www.getleadswithvideo.com. And this group is really just for people who are looking for uh, a community plus tons of free training 
on the mindset around video, the tech around video, the, the tips and tricks around video, and specifically video that is designed to generate leads and conversions uh, on social media. So if you're looking to get into a community like that, get inside. I have three uh, simple questions I ask just so that I know how I can help people more. Get inside the group. I think you'll love it. And uh, once you're in, I want to greet you personally. So uh, click the link below. I believe there is a link. Is there? The link's Maybe. already on Facebook and it will Perfect. be everywhere, everywhere you see or hear this podcast. Yeah. We'll make sure you show notes for sure. Um, super easy. I just recently joined the group and I can already see a lot of value from it. And like I said, yeah. I just watched one of your tutorials and I'm going to be able to do the drawing on the Click. screen. You see, here we go. Here's a call to action. Click, click. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, click, 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 click. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Is there any other parting words of wisdom that you'd like to leave with our tribe today, Ken? Is there anything I've missed? You know, I don't think you missed anything, but if I were to say one thing about video, it's this. It, gosh, like, are there boundaries for like, is there? <laughs> boundaries, yeah. Okay. Boundary boundaries. Not, not when, if you haven't shot a video yet, when you pop your cherry, it can be painful. But after every time you do it after that, it keeps getting better. That's what I, I got to say. I, do it more. I am loving this. <laughs> I, what I would love is when the, when the podcast goes live, I'd love anyone that's listening that's, gonna, that's popped their cherry to pop a cherry in the comments. Oh, yeah, in the emoji, in the emoji, yeah. Little, little cherry emoji. Uh, if you're someone that does video all of the time, I'd love you to challenge you to do a Hilda video, cherry pop. So just put Hilda and then a cherry so that we know that you guys are taking action on this shit. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Jade. I enjoyed that so much. And I have uh, loved it. I can't thank show. you enough for sharing. I know that is that is content. Uh, an actual strategy that you don't give away for free that is really high value and I really appreciate it. And I think it's something that my tribe will definitely need and, and can use. Guys, make sure you click the link and head over to Kane's free group because it is super high value. Uh, and I love to see you guys there. Hey there, Barrel Chasing business owners. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. What would be amazing and allow us to reach as many business owners just like you would be if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you feel like you got any entertainment or any value out of today, if you could pop on over, that would mean the world to us. See you on the next show.